Well, good morning, church. I am so glad to be speaking with you this morning right from inside my bedroom. It is good to do something new, isn't it? It is good to do something new. You can still respond, by the way. Uh, I'll just have to be really good at pretending uh, what you'll say and when and responding to that. And some of you are at home thinking, uh, I'm not going to respond because that'll be weird, me just sitting here at home talking to myself. Well, how do you think I feel? But sometimes it's good to do something new and to step outside your comfort zone. That's why I'm really glad to be preaching from my bedroom this morning. Because when you do something new, that's when you realize there's all these opportunities in the new thing. Like if I'm pre-recording my message from my bedroom, I can come right up to the camera. Or I could just cut to a shot of a little prairie dog saying, Alan. Alan, Al, Alan. I mean, the possibilities are just endless. Last week, we kicked off our new series, Once Upon a Time. And in this series, we're going to unpack the story that humans have been telling every generation and discover how we can become the hero in our own story. And I know that if you're willing to open your heart and go on this journey with us, you will discover a whole new side of Jesus, the author of life and the finisher of your faith. So if you missed last week, you can go back and listen to the podcast as always. Uh, And when you're there, you might just want to listen to the intro and the intro to this one and realize that actually the whole point of my message was already in the preamble and none of you even saw it coming. And some of you are thinking, now what was the preamble about? I've already forgotten. Foreshadowing. I get the feeling this preach might be a bit like a YouTuber who's gone crazy inside his little den. That's quite possible. Well, this morning... We're going to do what the sound of music tells us to do. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Every story has a beginning. There was an American writer who was teaching story, and he quotes this French filmmaker who said, every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and not necessarily in that order. And then the American writer turns to the camera and says, And that's why French films are so boring. The beginnings of a story go something like this. Once upon a time. That's our cue that we are going to be hearing a story. So like get ready. Then it goes to there lived a. And then then the storyteller will follow with the description of the hero that the story is about. And once we know who the story is about, We need to know the situation that they define themselves in at the beginning of the story. And that's what we call the hero's ordinary world. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. It's everything that happens before that inciting incident that kickstarts the plot. The inciting incident is until one day. So once upon a time in a land far away, there lived a prince who had way too many bananas. And he loved eating those bananas and he dreamt about bananas all day long. Until one day, a cyclone came and destroyed the banana crop. You know, terrible story, but you've got the format. Once upon a time, there lived a, tell us about them, and until one day. And that's the thing that's going to tell us where the plot is headed until one day. But that's going to be next week. This week is about the ordinary world of the hero. In the ordinary world, we come to understand who the hero is, what's the world that they live in, 
and why that needs to change. Most heroes don't want to change. I wonder why. But we can see either something in their world or something in who they are is not as it should be. Every hero at the beginning of a movie or a story has two things inside them, one or two things. The first is a deep longing. It's something that they long for. And the second is a need that they have. They may not be aware that they have that need, but we, the audience, can see their need. And so I'm gonna take you through a bunch of examples from movies and from scripture. And as I go through these examples, what I want you to do is think about what your ordinary world is. It's where you're right in your comfort zone. It's somewhere that you feel safe. But just like every hero, there's things in it that need to change. Hey, editing Brendan here, interjecting when I think that that bozo needs some clarification. So just to be clear, your ordinary world is obviously not a literal place. It's a season in your life. It's a stage of your life where everything seems to be under control. You might be, be in a job or in relationships or have hobbies or be in a financial situation or a learning situation where it's under control. You know what you're doing, you've come to terms with it, you're comfortable and you feel safe. That's the state of being for an ordinary world. And yet in that space, we know there are still things you long for and possibly still things that you deep down need change in. Okay, back to him. In The Lion King, we get introduced to a lion cub, Simba, and Simba is the heir to the throne of the animal kingdom. He is really, really excited about becoming king. He's probably too excited because he thinks that when he's king, he'll be able to tell everyone what to do and they'll just have to do what he says. But we, the audience, all know that when you see that cub who desperately wants to be king so he can boss people around, we know that he's not ready to shoulder that responsibility. And so Simba longs for independence and autonomy and he needs to understand and accept the responsibility that comes with the position he's gonna be bestowed with, bestowed upon, bestowed something. That's like a little snapshot of Simba's ordinary world. Let's look at another movie. In Avatar, we're introduced to a Marine, Jake Sully, who's lost the use of his legs. Uh, the company that's hired him actually wanted to hire his brother, but his brother died and so he's all that they've got. So Jake Sully tells us he's always wanted to find something worth fighting for. There you go, that's his longing. But really, he's given up. He's got no drive at the beginning of the film. He's just being pushed around following orders by other people. He also has dreams, literal dreams of flying. And we can see that his legs are like a burden to him being stuck in a wheelchair. So where does the adventure take him? Well, he gets to use his legs again and he becomes the master of the skies and he finds something worth fighting for. So the end of the movie or the adventure that they go on ends up being a reflection of what the picture is that's painted in the ordinary world. Okay, so here's my last movie example. I wanted to make sure that I got a chick flick in there as well. Great movie, Legally Blonde. 
We meet Elle Woods and she's uh, like a sorority queen and she looks absolutely perfect. The whole opening sequence is shot after shot of her painting her nails and getting all the stuff done. Um, and she's super loved by all the other sorority people, but she's relying on her perfect presentation and she doesn't really know what she's truly capable of. And so in the beginning of the movie, she's just waiting for her boyfriend to propose to her because she thinks that will be her dream come true. We, the audience, are watching and we're thinking, man, we know that life is uh, more than just looking pretty and being married. And so we know that her need is to discover what she's really made of. And of course, throughout the film, that's exactly what she's going to do. She's going to um, chase her boyfriend who uh, is a total dud and instead of proposing, decides he's going to tell her she's not serious enough for his career ambitions. So she chases him to heart. Anyway, go watch the movie. It's a good movie. That's The Ordinary World. That's a picture of The Ordinary World. So what can we learn from The Ordinary World of all these stories? The Ordinary World is safe. Turn to the person next to you, say, safe. The hero is inside their comfort zone. Think about some biblical examples. In the first pages of the Bible, in Genesis, God puts Adam and Eve in, I'm not going to turn to it, that would be a disaster, everything's balanced very precariously around here. Adam and Eve are living in the garden and they are a picture of humanity at the beginning of our story with God. And so they begin in the perfect ordinary world, but there's still longing and need. Adam and Eve are designed to be stewards of the world, to be co-rulers with God. And yet the way that they behave, we can see that they are not yet ready for the responsibility of stewardship, just like Simba in The Lion King. Another biblical example in Exodus, Moses, uh, you know, we like to think about the Red Sea and all these big things on Mount Sinai and the miracles and the like, but he has an ordinary world as well. Moses has this funny business with a basket that he's put in and, and then he gets uh, basically found by an Egyptian princess who takes him in as her own and then asks his mother to raise him on her behalf because she doesn't know who his real mother is. And so she does that. Moses is raised as a child who's stuck in between two worlds, the Hebrews and the Egyptians. And the Egyptians are oppressing his people. And so Moses is stuck in between and he tries to take the injustice into his own hands and secretly kills an Egyptian slave driver. But he's seen by someone. So Moses runs away and hides with his father-in-law off in some other part of the world. And Moses is going to learn that the Lord is the God of justice and the Lord is the ultimate redeemer. But Moses, at the beginning of his story, doesn't know that. He's going for the small fry, trying to make justice happen with one slave driver. He doesn't realize what's coming. He doesn't realize the adventure that God's about to take him on. And my last one from the Bible is in the book of Judges. Uh, Gideon, he becomes a great judge and a great ruler, uh, but he, he, he begins in his ordinary world living in a time when God's people are being attacked by the Midianites. And it is not good. Gideon would have heard Moses' story of the Exodus and all the brave things that they've done. 
But Gideon's just trying to, trying to stay safe. He's hiding in a wine press to make sure he doesn't get attacked by the Midianites. And so the world, as the Bible paints the picture, desperately needs a hero, but Gideon is afraid. Gideon is playing it safe. Gideon is going to learn to trust in the Lord for his own safety as he goes on an adventure. That's certainly not where he is at the beginning of the story. You know, what can we take from all of these examples? I think lots of people live like God's first priority for us is our safety and our comfort. And we expect God to act like some kind of genie in a bottle who's there ready to grant our wishes so that we can go back to being comfortable. If ever we experience something difficult, a trial of any kind, we're like, okay, God, deliver me from this. But that acts like God's first priority is our safety and our comfort, as if God is like Qantas times 10. Your safety is our first priority. And yet, if you look at all the biblical examples that we talked about, it's God who calls them out of safety. It's God who calls them out of comfort. Yes, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but his purpose is not our comfort. Yes, the Holy Spirit is our protector, but his purpose is not for us to just stay completely out of harm's way. It's to be with us right in the thick of it. And so your ordinary world in your life as the hero of your story, that's going to, that's going to be found where you identify your comfort zone. It's where you feel at home. That's where your story begins. That's where your story will end as well, spoiler alert, but you will come back home as a changed person. Here's the thing. You're not meant to stay there. You're not meant to stay at home in the safe comfort forever because that means you've never gone on an adventure. We're meant to venture into the unknown world in order that we might be transformed by the Lord in what he wants to do in our life. And so some of you, I realize in your life at the moment, you are right in the middle of an adventure and all you want to do is go home, but you can't. You mustn't go home. Every story comes full circle and hopefully you can take some uh, comfort in that. You will come back home, but not yet. You have to go through the pain and through the trial to slay the dragon, rescue the princess. That's what brings about change. If in the middle of your story, you go back to your ordinary world, if you backtrack, you'll be going back to the same old world with the same old you and the same old problems and all the same stuff that the Lord was trying to lead you out of and make you an overcomer of. And that's why in James 1 verse 2, it says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. <laughs> Some of you are singing Frozen in your head right now. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. It's the picture of a finished story. What do we need to get to the end of the story? We need endurance. Lots of people know that scripture and I know that it's hard to remember this kind of thing right in the middle of a trial. But 
lots of people, I think, make the mistake of acting as if this scripture is a burden to them. So like on top of your suffering, you're supposed to also pretend to be happy about suffering. But that's not it. That's, that's missed the point. The author in James is trying to shift our attitude so that we can really truly understand. When you face difficulties, it's not a mistake taking you from where you're meant to be safe and comfortable at home. This is the stuff that life is made of. And the Lord allows it so that you can grow up and get stronger, be born again and again and again. And the reason he says, count it all joy, be joyful, is not because you're trying to pretend to be happy. Because if we can realize these kinds of difficulties are adventures from the Lord and he is using them to bring us into maturity and growth wisdom, new knowledge, and give us tools to go bring back home to make our world and our heart and our life better in the long run. He's using it to complete us, to finish his work that he began in us. That's my encouragement if you're right in the middle of a trial, so I'm sorry about that. (laughs) You know, every hero begins their story as an ordinary person. Even the biblical stories of old, when you read about the great, great, greats of the Old Testament and all the majestic, courageous things that they did, the pictures that are painted of them in their ordinary world is people, they're people like you and like me. How do they become the heroes of their stories? How do they become courageous? Well, God calls them on an adventure, and that's next week. For now, When we're thinking about our ordinary world, we we need to ask ourselves, how attached am I to comfort? Is safety my first priority when I'm doing things? Am I like, am I just trying to always maintain a level of safety and comfort going back to what I know? Or am I actually willing to step out and embrace opportunities and change? If you're in your ordinary world at the moment in your life, what do you long for deep down? And are there things in your world or things in your heart that need to change? Why don't we just pray? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that in every heart you've made blueprints for people's adventures the adventures that you're going to lead people on, that they might grow. I thank you, Lord, that as we step out in courage, that you are right there with us. You are our comforter and you are our strength. You are our deliverer. I thank you, Lord, that as we go, you are with us. And as we follow you, you do stand by our side every step of the way. Father, may we not run away from difficulty May we embrace it, knowing that you are with us and our home is by your side. Hey, let's go out this week seeking God to find out what he's put on the inside of our hearts, whether that's a need in our world or a longing in our heart that gives us clues to the adventures that he's going to take us on. God bless you. Have an awesome week.